let's get things kicked off with uh, we, our apologies for missing Wednesday's podcast. Mr. Kyle was for the weather, so we're going to kick things off this Friday. And uh, we're going to start things off with Mr. Brock Purdy's performance the last two and a half weeks. He's killing it. It's, I, I don't understand how uh, he can be Mr. Irrelevant and come in and destroy, lead the team. No beat skipped. Come out and finish off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then come out yesterday with his performance. Pretty flawless. Yeah, he started off that game uh, last night against Seattle. It was 10 for 10, and that was a you know, that was a real test for Brock. Going on the road, you're playing a desperate Seattle team, trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. You're going into Seattle, home of the 12th man, and you know, for the most part, he really kept his composure. He looked he looked like a veteran out there. And I think that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan and the offense that he's got set up out there. You know, if if Brock were, were on a team, let's say Brock were on the Chicago Bears, would we be talking about him like this? No. 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 Like, I think, I think he's set up for success with Shanahan. Now, I will say that I think, you know, you look at, you look at Jimmy G, you look at Trey Lance, I think Brock is definitely surpassed any gameplay of Trey Lance that Trey has shown. And, you know, it's really going to leave. I'm curious to see how the 49ers handle this moving forward, because honestly, you could take a lot of quarterbacks in the league and have them succeed in Brock's situation at the 49ers. Cause Kyle Shanahan is just, he's one of the masterminds of the league moving forward. You know, they talk about, you know, look at the training camp, Jimmy G they're like, no, he's out of here. This is Trey Lance's team. Trey goes down. Jimmy G comes back. You know, they talk about how much they like Jimmy G, how much he means to the program. He goes down. Now you've got Brock Purdy. They're paying Brock Purdy three cents a game. Essentially they're paying him no money. You know, I'm going to be curious to see this off season, you know, Jimmy G's up. I think he's, his contract's up again. Um, Brock's getting paid next to nothing. Trey Lance is on his rookie deals. So you, uh, and honestly, it's going to come down to, do they want to roll Trey Lance out there again and give him another shot? This is his third year in the system now, or do you roll out with Brock Purdy? You know, it's going forward. I'm going to be really interested to see how they play it. I know how, if it were me, if I were, if it were me, I'd play, I'd play Brock. I mean, nerding out a little bit here, but I watched Brock a little bit at Iowa State, and he's a good quarterback. He, you know, he was a bit of a gunslinger under Matt Campbell's system at Iowa State, but, you know, at the same time, Kyle Shanahan's system, he doesn't need a gunslinger, but to have somebody that can let it rip in those, you know, let's say they're going up against a Buffalo or a Cincinnati where they need to put up some points, you know, Garoppolo, his decision-making, little iffy at times. And Brock, he's rook, he's green, but he's showing, I'd say he's shown just as much composure in his two and a half games 
as Jimmy G has throughout his career at 49ers. So that pump I, fake yesterday. Yeah, that you know, was, and again was brilliant. A bum can't run that play. I will no. say that was impressive, Brock, you know, in the pocket and the I, I think it was Herb Street said it when he was in the end zone. I mean, this looks like a guy's seventh year in the league. I mean, it just he's got a lot of composure and I think I think it's uh I think the 49ers are going to have to take a good hard look at their quarterback situation moving forward. But definitely, you know, Brock Purdy, his, he's a gamer. There's no doubt about it. If the 49ers finish this year with Brock Purdy, you know, taking him to the playoffs, assuming, uh, do you think Brock's going to be finding himself a new home next year? No, I don't. I don't think so. I... I would I would venture to say that even if Jimmy G comes back this season, which it sounds like he's going to, you know, he he avoided the Lynn Frank injury. Uh, I think they're going to keep rolling with Brock until unless Brock gets hurt. I mean, he's done nothing to lose that job. I'd say his gameplay is every bit as good as what Jimmy G has shown this year. It's just the 49ers are such a good team. They could they could roll most guys out at quarterback and have that level of success. But I don't know. Brock just for him to be so green and I mean, he wasn't even getting first team reps in practice and no. just the way he's come out and the composure that he has shown, I think the 49ers are going to roll with him the rest of the season. And I'm telling you, I, they're going to make a deep playoff run. And I think they're, I think they've got just as good of a chance as the Eagles to come out and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I think I think if it were me, I'd thinking that Brock might be in it for the long haul with the 49ers. I don't think Brock's going anywhere, especially again with the money that they owe him. That rookie deal is seventh round pick nonetheless. I mean, they're paying him peanuts. So there's it's not like he's breaking the bank to stay there. So I think they're going to be holding on to him moving forward. So just talking off of Brock Purdy, his uh, performance against the 49ers. Tom Brady didn't look too hot. But he has all the weapons in the world. And people are coming back. I know they were missing their tight end. What, or Cameron Brate, yeah, they, he was out. What, uh, what do you think is going to happen with the the Buccaneers? They, I, I I know they're getting old. It's an old team, but is is there too much uh, turmoil in, in, inside Tampa Bay right now? I I think so. I think Tom, he's he's you know all personal stuff aside. You know, let's look back. Even this preseason, he disappears from the team for eleven days. You know, the dog days of training camp. I don't care who you are or what kind of foundation your team has. When your quarterback leaves for 11 days, nobody knows where he is. You know, that's, that's not that, that resonates across the locker room. I mean, yeah, it's Tom Brady. It doesn't matter. That resonates across the locker room. And I just think there's been kind of a divide there. I mean, you look at Tom on the sidelines and Tom is just, he's destroying the, uh, Oh, what do you call them? The i not the iPads, but the, the oh, surface, the the, yeah, yeah, the the surface Pros. Surfaces. He's destroying Surface Pros. 
he's screaming at his teammates. And Tom's a, he's a, he's a passionate guy, but at the same time, you know, just screaming at your offensive line, screaming at your teammates. You know, Tom and t- I. I'm tired. Of, I'll let me put this out here. I am tired of Tom Brady. I don't hate Tom Brady. I'm just tired of seeing him. But one thing that I've always respected about Tom Brady is even going back to his days in New England, he didn't take tons of money. He didn't take the huge contracts that you see other star quarterbacks taking today. He wanted to win. And if that meant him taking less money so they could the team could pay other players more, you know, he did that and he gets that. So he, he's a team player. He knows, he knows how to play the game in that regard, but I don't know. I just, I think, I just think there's too much drama in that locker room. Um, I think they, I think the loss of Bruce Arians, I think that's, that's uh, hurting the team because Bruce, he's a disciplined guy. I mean, he, he preaches discipline and it just feels like that team's kind of gotten away from, gotten away from uh uh todd bowles so yeah i think i think this is the buccaneers last run will be this year because leonard fournette's getting up there mike evans still has a couple more years left but i think it would be wise of someone trading for him or picking him up i think that i think the buccaneers need to start rebuilding They, with Gronkowski leaving, there's rumors already Tom Brady wanting to play somewhere else. I don't know how accurate those are, but there's been rumors of it. I I think it's time for a Buccaneers rebuild. I think this will be their last hurrah. They'll see what they got. But their schedule looks hard coming up, and especially playing the Bengals is not going to be an easy game for them. It's it's going to be it's a show up time for for the Buccaneers against the Bengals and maybe well, they pull, pull it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what else? I mean, look at it this way: they play the Bengals this week, and that's a tough draw. They lose that game. Carolina's playing the deadbeat Pittsburgh Steelers. Carolina wins that game. Carolina takes the lead in the NFC South, and Tampa Bay falls out of the playoffs. I mean, they would have got six wins. They'd be below several teams that are have seven wins. I mean, it, you know, it could, it could go south really quickly for Tampa Bay. I feel like, I feel like everybody thinks that the Bucks making the uh, playoffs out of the NFC South is a foregone conclusion. I wouldn't be so sure. But, no, I mean, yeah, ever since the, CMC's gotten traded, the Panthers have been killing it. Right. But looking, looking at Tampa Bay, it's just, they kind of cheated the system. They didn't do a rebuild. They just paid, you know, God and country to come in there and win. And they did. They got their Super Bowl. But I, it feels like they were just rebuilding. And now here they are again. And you're right. They're staring at another rebuild in the face because, you know, it's an older team, as you said. They just, uh, you know, the future's looking a little cloudy for them for sure. And I don't think Tom's sticking around either. I think Tom will either retire or he'll end up going somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's going to go somewhere else that has the cap space to maybe start a extreme rebuild kind of what happened when he went to the Buccaneers got three handfuls of new players to come there because everybody's going to want to follow Tom Brady to do that Super Bowl run and if he can go somewhere with some cap space I think he's going to have a whole new following and a whole nother two years of uh, life left on his batteries 
Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at you look at Tom this year. They did roll back. They did bring back a lot of the team that they won the, the Super Bowl with and a lot of the team that they made the playoffs with last year. I don't see what the incentive would be if I was a player and I was in my prime or even, you know, just past my prime, but still had some tread left on the tires. I don't see the incentive to go play with Tom Brady, honestly. I mean, it's yeah, he's Tom Brady, but at the same time, this is a 46 year old quarterback. He's going to be 47 next year. Yeah. I just, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. The wires, the wires are showing on his tread right now. Yeah, I I mean, I just don't see Tom getting to another Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's what Tom's looking for at this point in his career. Well, speaking of Tom Brady, I, and we already kind of brought it up, I want to do a little switch of pace here. Let's roll into the NFC play standings, and we'll, we'll – follow with the top five games after but you already touched on it a little bit if the Panthers win I'd say I, I'd say the Eagles and the 49ers are are looking great for to you know to hold down the the top of the NFC east and west but I think the the Vikings are going to be are going to take the NFC North just cuz their sheer record that they have right now. But speaking of the NFC South, I think it's I think you're spot on with the Panthers. They've they've came out to perform ever since CMC got it traded. I can see them moving up to the top of the NFC South. But the huge question is the NFC East and the NFC North. What, what what are you thinking about the NFC North here with uh, the Vikings leading by quite quite the poll? I think they're four games up. Yeah, they're four yeah. games up on the Lions. Yeah. Right now. Essentially, the Vikings have to win one more game, and they and they take it. So it's really it's down to the Vikings and the Lions, and it would essentially be the Vikings lose out and the Lions win out for the Lions to get the NFC North. So yeah, the Vikings pretty much have it in the bag at this point. Um, you think the Cowboys are a lockdown for the East? I think so. I don't see I don't see them. I mean, they've got three games up on on Washington and the Giants. I, I don't I don't see them throwing that away. Um, <laughs> They're looking. They're looking good. Dak, Zeke, Tony Pollard, all those guys. They're they're playing some good ball right now. I mean, a lot of people you, a lot of people make fun of the Cowboys, and they are known to choke in the big game. But they're looking as solid as ever. And if you know McCarthy's got those guys rolling, so I think I think uh, they definitely won't be one to overlook in the playoffs. Well, because right now the only two teams that have clinched AFC sp- or NFC spots, my apologies, are the Eagles and the 49ers. Vikings are in the hunt, but they should lock that down against the Colts this year or the, this week. Um, I don't think Tampa Bay is locking down nothing going against the Bengals. Yeah, it's yeah the tan- the NFC South this year is last is the prior previous year's NFC East where you get a team back and in there with a sub-500 record, and I think that's going to be the case again this year for the NFC South. Um, 
Yeah, 40, or, uh, Tampa Bay, they roll up against the Bengals this week. I think the Bengals are going to take that one. And then if Carolina gets past the Steelers, Steelers aren't sure who their starting quarterback is going to be. I mean, I could see I could see Carolina taking the lead. Now, the problem with Carolina is you read some of the reports this week and you listen to Steve Wilkes post-game. I mean, man, management, team ownership, have both they've come out and said that they're trying to tank and Steve Wilkes called them out in his post game presser saying, you know, despite trading all the players away and whatnot that they're trying to tank. You know I I would be curious if Carolina management just says, you know what? You're not playing Sam Darnold. Where you're gonna roll out PJ Walker or, you know, just start really trying to handicap themselves to go for that draft pick. You know, we've seen the rift in I the na- the owner of the uh, Panthers, his name escapes me, but I mean to have an open rift, like for Steve Wilkes to come out and call out ownership like that, that's not you know that's Steve Wilkes saying that he probably knows that he's not going to be the permanent head coach there and he's just got nothing to lose. He's he's coaching for a job. So I'm going to be really curious to see how the NFC South plays out because I don't see Tampa being any great shakes. Carolina, they're they're a gritty team, and the Falcons, you know, they just uh, they're rolling out Desmond Ritter now. Mariota's nowhere to be found, and the Saints, the Saints are just you know, they're struggling right now. So really, NFC South, I it's going to be really interesting to see who rolls out of there. But they're they're done in the first round. They're going to get bounced. Yeah, I, I don't think the the Falcons are going to be uh, uh, as you'd like to say any great shakes this year, especially with all the uh, happenings inside the locker room. The Desmond Ritter thing threw me off a little bit. I think he needs his time. But with Marcus Mariota saying that uh, you know all the possibilities of him leaving the team, or he said he was going to leave the team, whatever the reports have been. It threw me off, but there's too much going on right now in Atlanta to even come. I, I, I know the Panthers in Atlanta are tied right now, but I think the Panthers are going to roll away with this. And with the Cardinals, with Mr. Kyler Murray, his injury, I think the, Ky- or I think the Cardinals are going to be falling out of the playoff picture as well. Yeah, with them at four and nine at this point, I don't even I don't consider any team five wins. The only really five win teams. I mean, the NFC South teams with five wins that got a shot. I if you have four wins, you're out. And so we can discuss a little bit about the NFC, the playoff push right now. We've got three teams currently tied with seven wins with Washington, New York, and Seattle. After Seattle went down to the 49ers last night. You've got the Lions right behind them. They're riding a hot streak. They're at six wins. So if the Lions, if the Lions take it this weekend against the Jets, leading into Sunday night football, you're gonna have four teams with seven wins. So the bottom of the NFC uh, playoff picture, it's gonna be really interesting moving forward. You know, I've, you can make a case for any of those teams to uh, get the spots, but you know, two at the end of the day, two are gonna be in. Two are going to be out. I think whoever wins the Washington Giants game on Sunday night, I think they're going to be in. And I think the, the loser of that game, they're going to be out. So I have to bring it up just because uh, you were one team away from saying my team. 
Do you think the Packers have a shot against the Rams to keep going? I think they're going to beat the Rams, but it's hard to say with the Lions' hot streak they're on right now. If they go and beat the Jets with Mr. Zach Wilson returning, which I'm pretty sure he's got a five and two record starting this year. Yeah, we'll get we'll get back into the, when, yeah we'll talk about him when we get to the picks because I've 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 got a stat at him that's that's pretty alarming, but yeah, Green Bay. That Rams game, I tell you, Baker's trying to revitalize his career. The Packers, I don't know if they consider themselves in the playoff chase or not, if they're, if they're starting to cash out. Get back with me on, Mon- on Tuesday on that one. Yeah, I will. I will. But uh, I, don't ha- I don't have a strong take on that game either way. Well, with us, we'll with, see. with us capping off the NFC standings, I think uh, we'll roll into the top five games. Well, we can we can talk briefly. Well, yeah. So we'll do that, and we'll start. How about this? We'll we'll talk about the bottom of the AFC because a couple of our games factor into the bottom of the AFC in the hunt graphic. They do. They do. We've got the LA Chargers. They're taking on the Titans this week. Chargers seven and six. They are currently outside of the playoff hunt. They they're tied with New England, who has the final spot. New England's got the tiebreaker there. Mike, Titans, they seem like they've, they're slipping here as of late. Chargers, they got their wide receivers back. Mike Williams back in the fold. And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up the Titans. Because we're going to touch on the AFC. We, I, I have to talk about the Jaguars and Titans. Because the Jaguars are going to be playing the Cowboys. Do you think the Jaguars got a shot to make a run? Because the way they stood up to Ryan Tannehill and and the King, Derrick Henry, they held everybody to pretty low numbers. And with the Houston Texans showing up, I understand it's a rivalry game, but they did astonishing. Like, not, my, my mind was blown. Not this year. Jags aren't going to do anything this year. Next year, they're going to win the AFC South. You think the Cowboys are going to shut them down this week to stay ahead? Or do you think the Jags? Oh, the Jags? Jags? Yeah. Yeah. It's Jags-Cowboys this week? Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys. But I'm telling you, the Jags, Doug Peterson, those guys are building something towards the future. I think Trevor Lawrence is starting to turn it around, especially now that he's got a real head coach. Um, And the Titans, like I said, and like I was just starting to get into, Titans are slipping. I... They got to take a good hard look in the mirror. I think they're gonna they're gonna win the AFC South this year. They're gonna get in the playoffs, but I think they've got some major issues that they need to work out. Now, at the same time, I will also say Mike Vrabel is a heck of a head coach, and I think if anybody's gonna keep them relevant more so than one player, it's gonna be Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel's that good of a coach. So, oh, I, you know, I agree, hundred percent. They traded away AJ Green. And now A.J. Green is thriving in Philadelphia. A.J. Brown. I'm sorry, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown comes, they play the Titans, gets the GM fired of the Titans. And the guy that they drafted, his name escapes me, he dies like week three. He's out for the year injured. So I think, I 
think the Titans are going to be starting a rebuild process, honestly. I mean, they had a Malik Willis come out. Malik Willis looked terrible. Traylon Burks is doing okay. Burks, yep. He's a he's a he's a cornerstone. He's going to be a building block, but yeah, I uh I think the Titans are going to be rebuilding. But let's talk about the Titans Chargers. Chargers laying 3. Mike, what what are your thoughts? Is this are the Chargers going to turn it around here and make a playoff push? Or... Chargers are going to turn it around. After watching their last game when they like I don't want to say they needed the win, but they showed up. Justin Herbert's doing good. They got Keenan Allen back. Mike Williams is still a little iffy with his health, but Keenan Allen showed out great. Mike Williams was out there. I know he had a couple hiccups with his with his health a little bit, but Austin Eckler really showed up as well. I I think the Chargers are gonna gonna put the hurt on the Titans this week. Yeah, I think I I agree. I think it's going to be Titans. I think Titans will cover. Or I'm sorry, I think the charge I'm taking the Chargers this week. I think the Chargers will cover. Um I think Chargers really, you know, they want to change the narrative that they're not a team that collapses late in the season. You know, Justin Herbert, he's too talented. Um and I think he's got a lot to prove too. Just, you know, He's, he gets a lot of praise, but there's not a lot of results behind that praise. And we know he's a good quarterback watching him, but he needs he needs to uh, he needs to get this team into the playoffs. And I think it's playoffs or bust for the Chargers this year. But for uh, Sunday, that's uh, that's going to be the Chargers game, I think. Oh yeah, all all the way Chargers. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think they're going to beat the Titans plus seven. Okay, really covering then. All right. Yeah, I think they're. I think the Titans watching them against Jacksonville last last week was really rough. They have nobody to turn to, and the biggest yeah, thing. Tan- Tannehill looks tired. Derrick Henry. He. I mean, he's the only, team. Yeah, he is the team. He. You can only run so much with Derrick. Yeah, and Titans. if they were smart. They would get as much longevity out of Henry as they can, and he has been a workhorse for the last three years, carrying the Titans to victory. Yeah, we've really we have not seen a running back get the amount of carries that he has without major injury, and that's good, and that's a testament to Derrick Henry. He he does all the right things because you know. You look at Saquon those few years, CMC, same thing. He was the workhorse, but constantly getting hurt. Derek, he's always been there. He's been the constant for the Titans. But, yeah, they need to uh, – they really need to try to uh, lay off him here. They're going to need him for the playoffs if they're going to do anything. I don't think they are. I don't think they're going to get anywhere in the playoffs. But, you know, he's their shot. So we'll go on to game number two. You got Dolphins-Bills. Playing in Buffalo, looking like there's going to be some pretty nasty weather. Do the Dolphins got a shot here, Mike, or is this going to be no, Bills all day? No, well, that's Bills all day, man. I I know the, the Dolphins are trying to be the team that can go anywhere and play anywhere. I mean, the press conferences, the cute whimsical shirts that they have. Yep, we want it colder. Yeah. 
cold, cold, but snow adds to a whole different aspect. You can keep the field as clean as you want to, but it's impossible. You can see the hash lines. That's it. And that's if people are shoveling all day. It's just a whole different atmosphere that Miami doesn't get to play in, practice in, anything. There's no change of pace there. They're coming into a whole new area. Not, you know, whole new, but they got a, you know, quite quite a younger team that hasn't got to play in the snow that much or that that have all been in, in Florida for so long that these are totally anomaly games. The Bills are born in this. Bills Mafia is going to show up, and that stadium is going to be so loud. I, I don't I don't think the Dolphins have a chance. Yeah, and and one thing I mean, Tua he's uber talented, but he's not going to be able to sling the rock. You know, he he'll move the ball some with his legs, but he's not. You know. He's not gonna. He's not gonna light him up for a hundred yards by any means. And you look at their running back situation. I mean, Jeff Wilson. He's not gonna. He's not gonna torch the Bills. I just see. I see this being a blowout. I think Buffalo's got a point to prove. They're fighting for that number one seed with Kansas City, and I just. I think the. I think Buffalo puts a bullet in Miami. Oh yeah, and Miami's got great receivers, but they're fast. They're decent route runners. But when it comes to slot receiving and short routes, that's that's all they're going to be able to do. The Bills are going to cover that so hard. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You're not going to be able to use raw speed to get separation. And you know, Tyreek Hill, he's sweet, but you know, I just don't. If Buffalo just does anything to do, you know, get two guys on him, two bodies on him. Who else is going to beat you for Miami, especially at inclement weather? I just buffalo by bile. Oh, yeah. I agree. All right. So that leads us into the, a game we talked about earlier. You've got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Blowout. I will say, though, you know, what's interesting, have you looked at the line for this game, Mike? I have not, actually. Line for this game, Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh, that's a so decent spread. They're, they're, saying, they're, they're thinking this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. So, Cincinnati, you, you're, their wide receiver core's a little banged up. T. Higgins is questionable. You got Tyler Boyd. He's also questioner. Their big tight end, Hayden Hurst, he's out of the game. I think that's part of why they're keeping the spread a little closer. So I think that is a decent spread, though. With everything you just said, with the banged-up Bengals, it's it's crazy to see that spread. And I, normally, three-and-a-half isn't crazy. But it, it's, it's wild to see that with how banged-up the Bengals are, but how they just keep finding new ways with Pirine and, and Joe Mixon's back now. He was doing great. They have two good punch running backs that they're going to utilize hardcore now. And it's it's wild watching the Bengals be so young and just keep shaping through adversity. And they're finally protecting Joe Burrow. Yeah, I agree. J- Joe has finally got no line. The Bengals are clicking. But, Mike, it's still... 
three and a half. That's Vegas true. knows something. <laughs> I could see this. I could see this being like a 27-24 Cincinnati eking out, eking it out late, but Tampa Bay covering the number. Money Tampa, They've still got a lot to play for. You know what? It's Brady on a big stage. You got a Super Bowl team coming in. I'm going to take the Bengals to win it, but I think Tampa Bay covers. I think it's a field goal game. It's, it's going to be interesting to watch. You're, and you're saying Cincinnati by a mile. I'm going to, I'm going to take six and a half. Well, Cincinnati can't win by six. And well, a half. I'm saying like it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a touchdown game. Okay, okay, fair enough. I'm looking. It's I'm looking forward to. That's probably going to. It's me a good game to watch. We probably get to listen to Tony Romo go. I don't know, Jim, uh, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. Just uh, can't wait for. Four twenty-five on CBS. Buckle up, everyone. Yeah. Game number four: Lions going to MetLife, taking on the Jets. Mike, you had a Zach Wilson stat. Where you're like, yeah, Zach Wilson's coming back for the Jets. It's going to be sweet. You know how sweet Vegas thought that was. <laughs> well, yeah, it was sweet Vegas to put Lions up one. Yeah, and that line is growing. It's out to one and a half now. If you weren't keeping tabs on the line before, the Jets were favored by two points going into this game with Mike White at the helm. And it was assumed all week that Mike White was going to be quarterback. Mike doesn't clear protocols. Zach Wilson is announced as the starter. Line immediately shifts from from the Jets minus two to Lions minus one. Last I looked at the line, it's Lions minus one and a half now. This is a big game for both teams. Both teams still in their respective playoff hunts for their for their uh, division, for their league. Oh, I. This is a huge game. Yes. The the, not the most favorite teams to watch, but go Lions. I uh. I. I don't even think I have thoughts on this. I think it's going to be that close. It's 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 going to be a close game. Zach Wilson, he's playing he's playing for his uh, NFL life right now. He had to he you know had to go back to the apologize to the team when he was saying that no nah, I I don't think I let the team down at all when he laid an egg against New England. And you got the Lions coming in, and Lions have looked really good, and. You know, it's this is Lions' time. If they want to prove that they're for real, and yeah, we are a changed team. They went out last week and they dominated the Vikings. And you know, they might be feeling a little fat and sassy, Mike. But they're you know, the Jets are going to be no easy out. If we're going off the I'm, I'm, of team, dude. It, as a Lions fan, I am so nervous for this game. I'm I love the fact that we've got meaningful December, December games. No, this is an extremely meaningful game. And... It is. It's meaningful for both teams. And it, the weather is not going to be great. Quinn and Williams, questionable for the, uh, questionable for the uh, Jets. I think if he's out, I think that really, really gives the Lions a big advantage. Just moving the ball, 
And even if he's questionable, if he's banged up, I don't think you're going to get a full Quinn Williams. As long as they're throwing the ball opposite of wherever Sauce Gardner is on the field, because Sauce Gardner is no doubt the NFL Rookie of the Year, um, I think the Lions take it. I I hope the Lions take it. I think they're going to take it, but Mike, I'm going to be sweating bullets the whole game. What's the spread? What do you think? Spread still minus one and a half. What do, what do you think? I think with if I don't think Zach Wilson is any great shakes. I think if the Lions can get to 21, they got it. They got it covered. Does Jeff Okuda play? Yeah, you I know, just Jeff, saw he was he sick. was out with he was out with illness. It sounds like Aiden might be uh, fighting fighting. I don't know if it's the same illness, but Aiden could be. Uh, he might not be a hundred percent. Regard, I think Lions take it either way. I just think that offense is too much, especially if you're telling me you've got to sacrifice or, or Quinn and Williams not playing at all. I just think that O line and then the one-two punch of DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, the way the Lions have just you know managed games. You know Jared Goff not turning the ball over. Jared Goff hasn't turned the ball over since the Packers game. Yeah, and so if if he can keep that, if they can keep up that level of play, just play smart. Take points when they're available. Don't play hero ball. The Lions will take it. And the Lions did just get their uh, first-round draft pick back, and he did show up against the Vikings, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does the rest of the year. Yeah, I think, you know, talking about Sauce Gardner, if if, if Sauce is covering Amon Ra, I think, uh, I think Jamison might get some looks this week. So One of them's going to have a big game. Yeah, and you got Chark now. He's he's getting healthy. He's back in the fold. He's that's looking like a nice signing. I'm gonna be curious to see what the Lions do with him moving forward. He they got him on a one year prove it deal. He's he's playing for a contract right now. I I like the Lions. It's, I'm so nervous, but I I think they can take this game. Well, speaking of don't coach, even get me now if they if they win this and they're playing against Carolina next, don't even get me going on that game, especially if Carolina wins and they're in the lead for the NFC South. That's oh, I don't even want to think about it. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. I rude. Speaking of speaking of close games here, we got uh, Giants and Commanders. Yeah, Sunday night football. This thing ended in a tie last time. I've not looked at the line for this game. I haven't either, but I actually can't hear in a second. Oh, Heineke, he doesn't know how to lose. Yeah, he's, you know, talking about Mike White for the Jets, what he provide the spark he provided for them. Same thing with Heineke. Heineke just goes out, balls out. I mean, everybody remembers that game a few years ago against Tampa. Oh, yeah. How he he left it all on the field, and I think Tyler Heineke made a lot of a lot of fans that night. Uh, Washington's minus five, so they're thinking they're thinking uh, Washington's going to cover cover the uh, have the Giants covered here. Um, yeah, I like I like Washington. They just you know, despite having a scumbag owner, Ron <laughs> Ron Rivera is he's the uh, he's the stability they need. They've looked really good. You got Scary Terry. He's stomping the yard. And then on the other side, Daniel Jones just 
just being Daniel Jones. Yeah, he's just not. He's just a guy. And I think a lot of teams now, you're, they're going to just start stacking the box so Saquon can't beat him. And really, the Giants' season kind of turned when they played the Lions. And I think the Lions showed a lot of teams the recipe for beating the Giants and Daniel Jones. They stacked the box. They held Saquon to, I think he was under 30 yards at, for the whole game. They stacked the box against Saquon, and they said, all right, Daniel Jones, beat us with your arm. And he couldn't do it. And plus, and I think, lost and, Sterling Shepard. Right. So, so they're making Daniel Jones beat him with his beat beat him with his arm. He doesn't have anybody to throw to. You got the dead body of Kenny Galladay out there. He's not doing anything for the Giants. That's that's going to turn into one of the worst signings in NFL history. Yeah, I think um, I can count on two hands how many passes Kenny Galladay's caught all year. Exactly. And I just, Washington, they're gritty. They keep fighting. Ron Rivera, he coaches up. He's he's a lot like a Rabel in my mind. Just if you want one guy leading your team, it's him. Um, I like Washington in this one. I think Washington, they'll win tonight. And I think that's going to that's gonna cement their spot in the playoff. Yeah, I'm, I agree. And, just, and, and they're one-two punch at running back as well. They're... The Commanders are such a well-rounded team right now. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the playoff push. It's You got a good running back squad when Antonio Gibson, I don't want to say he's the number two running back, but they're doing great. Yeah, Robinson's doing a nice job for them. I mean, they don't – you know, it's interesting about Washington too. I mean, there's not a lot – there's hardly any players on that team that – people can name i mean really people you ask you ask them to name a player even carson wentz tyler heineke yeah that's about it even you know macklin he he's good right wide receiver he's not a name brand jahan dotson i think moving forward he i think he's got a promising future oh yeah if you look at curtis samuel we know he's good and it's just yeah chase young stud and he's i think he's coming back this game as well yeah he's listed he was listed as questionable on the uh on the on the injury report so yeah you get chase young back you know that's gonna be that's gonna be another tough out in the playoffs so it's uh things are looking up and it's gonna be really interesting to see with all this other controversy surrounding daniel snyder you know can washington just can they can the team block all that out? Can Rivier, you know, Rivera keep the uh, keep the locker room in check and uh, make a playoff push? I think uh, I think they're a well-rounded team, like you said. I think I think they're going to wrap up their uh, playoff hopes here on uh, Sunday night. Well, hopefully next week, Wednesday, we can answer all these questions and. I hope our predictions come true, but I'm definitely looking forward to next week, Kyle. I hope everybody enjoyed this week's podcast. We will see everybody Wednesday. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. On Wednesday, we'll be punctual next week. Sounds good. All right.